This is Tiger Cats post game on the Tiger Cats Audio Network. Just like they drew it up, the Hamilton Tiger Cats winners tonight, 25-23 over the Montreal Alouettes. Tiger leader in his first professional football league game hits the game-winning 35-yard field goal to send the uh, 20,000 or so here at Tim Hortons Field home happy. Louis B alongside Andy Fantuz. And uh, Andy, I feel like we had seen that movie before, a late comeback in the fourth to tie it, but this time going the tie Cats way with the last second field goal. What a wild finish. I mean, it's it's not how you drew it up, but you always you always want to win a football game and uh, uh, certainly, certainly found a way to get it done tonight. Uh, game kind of sort of defined by penalties in a way, but... Um, you know, just just a big kick under pressure at the end. You got to give credit where it's due. Yeah, and we talked about it at the half that you know maybe there were more questions than answers about the Tie Cats kicking game, and I think for the other reason we can say that again, there are more questions because all four, all three field goal kickers were uh, effective tonight. Seth Small was two for two. Michael Damagala hit that big 49-yard winner, and again, Tie with leader with that uh, game winner to send Tie Cats fans home. Happy. Lots coming up here on Tire Cats post game. We'll have an exclusive first interview with Coach O via Access Storage. We'll be joined by Alden Darby and we'll name our player of the game as well. No spoilers on that one. Uh, and we'll have our Tiger Cats post game roundtable when Courtney Steven and Luke Tasker join us here at the desk on the fourth floor here at Tim Hortons Field. Outside of the game winning kick, what stood out to you in this one? Well, kicking was definitely an issue for me. I, I, the field goal kicking was. Was was excellent, but the punting not so much. Uh, we we did see one, you know, Whitford get one good one inside the 15 there near the end of the game, but uh, certainly a concern concerning area. I'm sure everyone here in the stands could feel that. Um, I thought the defensive line played really well for the Tiger Cats, uh, created a lot of pressure, and uh, and really controlled the line of scrimmage. There was. 14 yards rushing by the Alouettes in the entire game, which is which is wild. Uh, so picking up right where they left off from last year, that was that was a bright spot. The coverage units for the Tie Cats um, uh, were strong, and the quarterbacks were able to use their legs to pick up yardage where when the when the throws weren't there. Um, all three quarterbacks were efficient with their percentages, but just not a lot of completions in general for the Tiger Cats. So certainly. I uh, want to work on that explosive factor when you have this many weapons surrounding you. Yeah, but Jalen Morton definitely got the crowd on uh, the, on their feet after a 33-yard nice scramble. There was another play a couple plays later where he got out of a what looked like a certain sack and somehow was able to extend the play. And, and really, we haven't seen a mobile quarterback like a Jalen Morton or a, a Matthew Schiltz even in the Ticats for a while. I mean, Dane was short yardage in situations last year, but that is a very dangerous threat, especially when you consider the fact that this year, the CFL has changed their rules that you can have two quarterbacks on the field at the same time. So you have to think with the running abilities of Jalen Morton or Matthew Schiltz, Coach Tommy has some pretty interesting things <laughs> up his sleeve. Uh, I, yeah, it's hard for me to even wrap my head around two quarter, <laughs> quarterbacks on the field at once right now, but uh, anything's possible, that, and that's for sure. Uh, you know, I think these quarterbacks are going to look at the film and, and realize that they, they could have followed their reads a little better and, and they missed some open guys, uh, some easy throws, and, and that goes for both teams. You could see some, some open receivers, but that's getting the kinks out in week one. Uh, 
another bright spot I thought was, um, you know, I thought Jake Burt had a great game. He was he was pancaking people on blocks. He he didn't have any you know big. He got a, he was open for a touchdown, but didn't the quarterback didn't find him. But he was able to make some some key blocks in the running game, and uh, so it's nice to see him uh, show what he can do after a full year off last year. Nine different receivers caught passes here tonight. You mentioned uh, there were a couple of overthrows we saw out there, but to see nine different receivers, and we talked about it at the half there. There's a lot of returnees from last season, and you know we didn't see Tim White or, or Pappy White make that big play that we're used to. We saw Braylon Addison, who was effective in that first, but there's there's not a lot of receiving jobs up for grabs. Guys had to try to make an impact tonight, and I think a couple of them did. Yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't want to be the the, the personnel uh, making the decision on, on his receiving court because everyone really stepped up and showed, showed what they can do and what they can bring to the table. So uh, going to be some tough decisions coming forward, but it's, it's great to see the effort put in by the receiving core uh, every single quarter, every every you know unit that was in there uh, came came with the intensity and, and were helping each other both both uh, you know catching the ball and downfield blocking. So uh, it makes me proud as as a former receiver. <laughs> yeah, they, they looked good and uh, the blocking especially. And you mentioned Bert and Felix Garan Gauthier and how they use him and those that position. We talked about it with Coach Sal in the pregame show that. That, that fullback as it's listed on the depth chart officially not really a, a fullback anymore and if you said like you said with um, with Jake Burt pancaking guys at the off that like that's something you expect to see from an offensive lineman not a tight end yeah well that those are the kind of those are kind of plays that are going to get the whole team excited when they're watching film tomorrow uh, and and are going to be really you know noticeable as this is this is the this, the tone we're this is the bar we're going to set as a tie cats physicality on, on the offensive side and you know you don't want to be standing around against us because you're going to be putting on the ground and we're going to get some chunk yard plays um the, the offensive line played well as well they, they created some holes uh just just you know a game kind of didn't really get in the flow of things, and I guess you could expect that when you're having so much rotation in the in the personnel. Uh, well, let's revisit your Car Star keys to victory. We kicked it off at the Tiger Cats pregame. Uh, you were three things the Tiger Cats needed to do to win this game. Let's revisit them. What did you have for number one? Uh, number one was small playbook, big performance, and I'll kind of give that one uh, a bit of a wash. I think the you know I think the playbook was in control, and uh, but I. You know, I, I didn't really see too many, like, wow factors out there, so I'm just going to give that one a wash. Yeah, it was a pretty standard playbook in, uh, with three different quarterbacks, four different quarterbacks, because we saw Jamie Newman get into the game there late. In fact, he threw that deep ball that drew the pass interference that set the Ticats up in great field position. And we're going to get to Coach O in an exclusive interview in just a little bit, but pose this question to him you can't fake what we just watched in a practice scenario you can't do it like they just did on the field no you know I know coach O is not going to be happy about taking taking those penalties down the stretch to uh, extend that drive over and over again and then eventually lead to the touchdown but uh what a great opportunity to get a rep that like you said you can't simulate in in a two-point conversion that's going to win or lose well you would think win or lose the game, and, and then, and then of course, 15 seconds left, they they come up with the miracle. But uh, you can't simulate those things. So great, great job by the D, uh, or sorry, you know, great the offense, uh, Montreal of, of really, um, you know, getting the job done there. But 
uh, yeah, it's, it's... You mentioned it earlier too, penalties. They were costly for this Ticats team. There was the uh, no yards and everybody's getting used to that rule with the, the five yard, there's no five yard, there's no 15, there's no difference. Uh, so the, there, there, there were ill-timed penalties for sure and I'm sure especially in the special teams room, Coach Butler is going to be watching that tape very closely and if you are one of those guys who took one of those penalties, I, I'm you're thinking, okay, I got to be better at practice this week. Yeah, I think Montreal is going to be even uh, uh, even more frustrated with the penalties than than Hamilton will be. But that doesn't mean that uh, that puts Hamilton off the hook. That's the standard they want to set here in in tie cat. It with the tie cats is that the penalty, play penalty free. Don't shoot yourself in the foot. So um, they're going to want to clean it up for sure. Not the flashiest spot on the football field, and I apologize if players are listening to this. But special teams is one of those positions, especially in training camp. You're watching a little bit closer because it is such an important part of the football field, especially for young Canadians and draft picks. What did you see from special teams? Not the kicking side of it or the returning side of it, but those battles that we've come to see. I know you were watching one player particularly close there at the end. Uh, yeah, I thought I actually thought Hamilton played pretty sound um, in the special teams, both the receiving and the coverage teams. Uh, you could see that it's going to be that much more important this year with the rule changes, that the balls are going to be uh, returned more often, uh, punts are going to be harder to be kicked out of bounds, so the, it's going to be... You know, special teams is already a huge part of the CFL, and it's going to be even more so, um, you know, with these rule changes. Let's talk about the hash marks because they've changed. Oh, let's get back to your car stair keys to victory. Yes, Andy. We're used to doing that at the end of the post game, but we're doing it. We're changing things around here. Uh, what did you have for number two, my friend? <laughs> it's all good. The hash marks is a It's training camp point. for all of us, okay? It's, it's training camp and preseason for all of us. What did you have for number two? Well, number two, I had uh, veteran leadership. And I, I will give that one uh, a thumbs up because, I, you know, we, 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 saw, we talked about at the start, you know, the defense was sort of bending and they're giving up some chunk yardage and that touchdown early. Well, what, what happens? Dylan Wynn steps up and blocks, blocks the extra point. And that's the kind of, those are the kind of plays that really set the tone. Um, you could see, you could see Simone getting into those scuffles early in the yeah. game and just trying to excite the team when, when uh, it doesn't seem like things are really going our way. All right, let's get exclusive access to the coaching room. It's time to check in with Coach O, presented by Access Storage. And, uh, Orlando, Coach Steinauer, uh, I know you're not as concerned about the wins and losses in preseason, but it's got to be happy sending uh, the Ticats fans home with a smile and a W. Absolutely. Like, uh, winning isn't easy. Uh, you're going to hear me say that until they let me, or as long as they let me sit in this seat, Louie. I know you might uh, get a little tired of it, but it's, uh, we will definitely celebrate those. We definitely have a lot of work to do. But it is nice to uh, have people head back to their cars with a win. And the players and coaches and everybody involved. A lot of work goes into this uh, from top to bottom, inside and out. Hey, Coach, I know you still need to watch the film, but is a game like this make your decisions uh, harder or, or easier come tomorrow and cut down day? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know if um, – I think every year is different. Uh, sometimes uh, the, the decisions uh, – you know, sometimes there's injuries to, to rookies – and that, but I would say that it's the least favorite part of my job, and one that I do not look forward to uh, each year. Uh, I know it's part of it, but it's not easy. Yeah, Coach, when you know, that the situational that we were just talking, Andy and I, that you can't fake those sort of situations—the 35-yard field goal for Tig or the 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 
first and short with your defense on uh, on the goal line. How important was it to get those moments? And even if they didn't go your way, some did, some didn't. Just to have, uh, especially your young guys, have those situational plays. Yeah, it's an overused statement, but for those that haven't been, you know, part of the CFL, you know, I just told them after the game, I said, welcome to the CFL. Right, the game's not over. You've got to finish. And, uh, you know, we the break went our way, and, uh, you know, we were able to capitalize. It's great to put people in those pressure situations. You're right. You can't simulate all the situations uh, that you'd like to, and that's what the games are for. Well, Coach, congratulations on the win and setting uh, setting off the season properly, and, and good luck with cut-down day and the, the rest of the preseason. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. That is Coach Orlando Steinauer and exclusive access to the coaching room presented by Access Storage. And we're getting cozy here on the desk at uh, first uh, or at uh, Tim Hortons Field on the fourth floor, excuse me, uh, the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. And uh, we're going to be connected with our performer of the game. But let's get to number three because let's get to your number three on your uh, car start keys to victory. We'll finally yes. get around to finishing this off. What did you have for number three? So number three was win the turnover battle. No surprise here, uh, but this game had no turnover. So uh, another wash. Um, I, I think my car star keys to victory were, I don't know. I thought they were good, but they didn't really come into play too much today. And uh, But, you know, and, and I guess it was one of those games that came down to a crazy finish like that. So... So uh, one of those one of those situations. All right, let's name our performer of the game. Presented by Hercules Tire, ride on our strength. And for this one, we decided to go with a man who was all over the field tonight. Who did we go with? We're going to go Fantus. We're going to go with the newcomer to the Cats uh, championship caliber uh, experience, Alden Darby. He had four tackles. He had two sacks, forced fumble. Uh, you know, you could see him leading. He could see his leadership both on the field and on the sideline. Uh, I, I think he's a warm, welcomed, very welcomed uh, addition to this team. Yeah, someone the fans are definitely going to fall in love with. It wasn't just on defense because he was all over the field on special teams as well. And you know, the Ticats are going to have a lot of fun using him all over the field, especially with the hash marks uh, changed because they're really that – it really does change the dynamic, and we'll get to this when we get to our uh, post-game roundtable because I'm not sure what you saw, but it, as a as a casual, not, I don't want to say a casual fan because I'm, I'm, I, I like to think I'm pretty knowledgeable sometimes, but I didn't notice it as much as I thought I would on the hash marks. Well, you can you could see it on, on the field for sure. I, I mean, I, I could see it right away, and I thought that the way that the both teams were able to spread the fault spread the ball either way in the, in the early on in the game uh I, I did notice it and yeah. i think it's i don't think the teams are exploiting as much as they will in the coming weeks but it certainly left a lot of holes out there and a hard it, it's hard to to you know to coverage all the way across the field and you have to do that now so uh not not used to what it, what we will see it used to but certainly i i noticed it out there now we go to the locker room and connect with alden darby jr this exclusive post-game interview is presented by axis storage mr darby jr you are our performer of the game presented by hercules tire ride on our strength last time you were here in this building you were public enemy number one this time a little bit different how did it feel out there well, i hyped him up too much <laughs> he got nervous. <laughs> I hyped him up too much as we're trying to connect with Alden Darby. Okay, we're working on getting him back. But, uh, I mean, it really is uh, the last time he was in this building, and we try not to. We have a rule on Ticats today. 
the show I host every Monday to Friday here on the Ticats Audio Network, shameless plug. Uh, but we have a rule that we don't talk about the 2021 Grey Cup. So I guess I'll have to make an exception for this guy, Alden Darby, who last time he was in this building was public enemy number one. He was getting all <laughs> the love from the fans tonight. What was it like being out there, Alden? Oh, man, it was amazing, man. You know, obviously playing against, you know, playing against the Hamilton Ticats, you know, my whole career, you know, being in, on the other side of things, uh, you know, you kind of see the atmosphere from the other side. So to be able to be on the right side of it, man, was amazing. The fan base here is, is amazing. Alden, I loved your quote when you were asked, how are you going to, what do you see your biggest value to this team? And, and you immediately went to, oh, I don't care if it's kickoff, if it's a kick return, if it's punt team. Uh, you don't even talk about defense. So just that attitude, coming, being an all-star and, uh, and then coming to a new team and just realizing, okay, I got to start from the ground up and lay that foundation. Um, that's amazing, and that leadership you could see that you know that you could you could see that, that that's going to be contagious throughout the team. Talk about your you know your stay so far in Hamilton with and, and how you've how you've sort of meshed with the other guys on the team. I mean, it's been amazing, man, and that's truly who I am as a person. It's like you know it, it doesn't accumulate you know what you've done in the previous years. That that really doesn't matter. You know, you come to a team and you know it's all hands on deck. This is the CFL; it's 18 games long, so. It's, it's always next man up. It's always everybody's going to be in a rotation. So it's really just do whatever you got to do to help. And so for me coming in here, I don't care if I was an all-star, won a great cup. I'm literally here to do whatever I got to do to help this team win and bring a great cup to Hamilton. All I, all, I, all I truly care about is winning. And that's no matter what. And the guys here have been amazing. I mean, it's been no, it's been, it's, it's, we've all been helping and looking out for each other. I love the guys here. They, they've accepted me. Um, they've helped me. You know, Cam has been, I mean, I can't, I can't speak enough about Cameron Kelly. He's literally been like, uh, a best friend of me on his team, helping me with everything, teaching me, like guiding me, you know, Jamal Rowe, all, all of these guys. I, I can't speak highly enough about these guys. I would say it's been a breeze. That's, um, ama that's amazing. Two guys competing, you know, for the same job potentially, and, and you guys are best friends out there. Uh, that's what football is all about. Alden, uh, it was great to see you in black and gold out there. Can't wait to see it for real when the games uh, start to matter a little bit more. Thanks for doing this. Oh, yeah, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait, man. These colors are amazing. And I'm going to swag them out. And I'm like I said, I'm going to do whatever I got to do to bring the great come back to the city of Hamilton. Love it. Love it. We love it. Fans love it. Thanks for doing this, Alden. Let's get it. Yes, sir. That is Alden Darby Jr. And that uh, post-game interview presented by Access Storage. And he was our performer of the game presented by Hercules Tire. Ride on our strength. All right. It's a little bit cozier up here as we uh, Tiger Cats post-game uh, continues. Uh, we got our... Post-game roundtable. We're not sure if we're going to go back on the video board if we have to stay as close. Uh, we're ready if, we're we, ready do, if we do. We're ready if we do go back on the video <laughs> board. I'm joined by Courtney Stephen and Luke Tasker on set here. Uh, Court, let's start with you because uh, you, you famously wore number 22 in this building. Now there's another guy doing it. We just called him the performer of the game. A lot of uh, similarities between the two of you. You know what, though? The guy, he made me proud. And it's not like I had the number first because there's another dude who wore 22, who was really? pretty good. Mm -hmm. I've heard, you know, some people call him O. Um, so, you know what? It's it's a cool, let's let's, let's call it a tradition, man. You, you wear the jersey, you got to make a couple plays here or there. But I think it was the effort that was that stood out to me the most. You know, his first sack, he's crawling on the ground to get to the quarterback. That's the kind of thing that other guys see, and it gets them excited. It's going to take every single player on that roster to win the big game. And, and that's what we're going to be talking about a lot this year because the city's had great seasons. They've had win streaks. They've had rivalry games. The city wants the big one, right? So what what is that formula? And I think it's 46 guys on game day, every single one finding a way to contribute. That's the kind of energy it takes. 
Luke, we talked about this with Coach. They were put in situations, both the Ticats defense, the kickers, uh, you know, the 49-yard. I don't think anyone was as happy as me to see Mike Damagala hit that 49-yard field goal. <laughs> Just so great to see for Tig to hit that game winner. Those are really situations that, hey, you didn't have preseason games last year. You can't fake. You can't recreate that. The crowd's going. The, it's first and goal at the one. Uh, big, big moments for guys out there. Yeah, I mean, they got to practice a lot of really valuable situations tonight. They were backed up into their own end zone. They had, you know, you saw the mistakes and penalties on special teams with the with you know poorly struck balls that changed drives. And now you can go coach that, and you can go you can go show on film how costly that is. You can go show on film what a lot of these guys don't know about the no yards penalty. They were playing in the NCAA the last time that they played football. And it, it is an unbelievably costful thing, costly thing. You can go coach that now. And then to get the practice as a team to go out and kick a game-winning field goal, that's going to happen this year. Yeah. The, there's, it, it, the stats are telling of how many games come down to the last three minutes or are less than three points. It's, it's, it, we're going to see it time and again this year. And to get a practice at that, and then for all these guys to go storm the field together, it's really valuable. Yeah. It's a, that's a great thing, and it makes you springboards you into the second half of training camp in a really, really positive way. Luke, I think you highlight something. It's really easy to put something on a board and, and tell guys, but to experience it, to see it, and then to be able to see yourself on film, huge difference. So lots of experience was gained tonight. Definitely uh, one that the coaches would be happy with. We, we all came from the Jeff Reinbolt special teams <laughs> meetings, right? And, like, you know, you, you, you get singled out in a, in, in, a, in a helpful way, but in a hard way for those times where you were the guy that cost the team 15 yards you were the guy that that cost that did that penalty that had that 35 yard hidden yardage cost and there's another guy who's in the Jeff Reinbold school and that's Craig Butler and you know that he's going to go right back into the meetings and they're going to be able to see how how much how much better they have to be executing those things but I have to say how about Craig Butler's uh, field goal block unit getting a blocked extra point day one? First, first, first attempt as a special teams coordinator. Good for Craig. Yeah. And Dylan Wynn, that's pretty impressive, a guy like that. <laughs> hey, Andy, Jalen Martin looked really good out there. He looked mobile. Matthew Schiltz looked good, too. Had some issues holding on to the football. A couple times we saw it even on the, uh, the, on the scramble or on the quarterback sneak to get into the end zone. Is that conversation more interesting this week? Well, I, I think it's... You know, I think it's nice to see them use their legs to, to extend the play and, and show their athleticism, but I'd love to see quarterbacks throw the ball, and I'd love to see them run the offense. Uh, um, but, you know, sometimes you got to just get it done however you can get it done. And, and if you're referring to, you know, what that conversation is as far as the, the, the pecking order mm -hmm. in, the, in the quarterback room, well, I think that's to be determined. Jalen Morton surely sh sh surely showed that he can throw the deep ball. Uh, he overthrew it actually a few times, but he, he can sling it. He's got a huge arm, and he can run the ball. So he's got a lot of attributes that um, are, could, be, could be positive in this league. So we'll, we'll see how that pans out. Court, what stood out to you the most in this game, or who stood out to you maybe? Well, you know, I was trying to read between the lines and look for something that wasn't blaringly obvious. Um, number 92 on that defensive line, you know, hailing from France. We got a, a global player making an impact, high motor, great effort, great tackler. Yeah, the um, D-line is not the normal spot for a global 
guy, right? Like exactly. that's not that's not the usual placement. You're right. That is cool to see. And let's not pretend that there's not jobs up for grabs on that line. You're like yes, Mike Johnson and 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 Dylan Wynn are going to anchor it. Yes, Teddy is going to be a huge part of it. But you know, Mason Bennett is in his second year. Julian Hauser pretty much a lock in, but Mason Bennett at that edge spot. Jagarrett Davis was a. a, a, a Game changer. We all know that. There's a position up for grabs there. I think Mason Bennett's got the edge on it, but still, there's there's and, a backup spot. And as well. you got to have depth at that position. You have to, to 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 have legs with the defense through a CFL season. You got to have you know seven guys who can all step in and and and, and do their job well there. Uh, that's encouraging to see for sure. And Mark Washington's always going to dress about seven guys too at the defensive line, possibly even more. We've seen up to nine last year, and and, and these are guys that not only know how to rush the passer, run, uh, you know, stop the run, but they also have to play special teams. And so you have some athletic, big dudes out there running yeah. around, and, uh, and and that's for formidable for the opposing teams. Uh, Courtney, the secondary was obviously something we were watching closely, and uh, that's a position you know well. What did you see from uh, the guys? They're all fighting for jobs. There's there's only so many spots on the football field. What, what did you take away from uh, the battle in the DB room? Two big keys that I noticed was um, somebody forgot to give Tunde his breakfast. <laughs> he was upset. Oh, man. <laughs> Tunde put those pads on a couple of guys tonight, let yeah. him know he's back to to take what's his as the best safety in the East, if not the CFL. Um, you saw veteran players making veteran plays, like Jamal Roll just playing casually through the receiver's hands and breaking up balls. But the, the younger guys had opportunities. I'm not sure every opportunity was capitalized in the DB, uh, in the DB room. And that'll be something that they go back and they talk about. But you know what? That's that's what this game is for. It's to put guys in situations to see how they react when those lights are on. So it was it was a good game for the DBs to see what it's like when the pressure is on and, and when the lights are on. Uh, Courtney, I know your full-time job is uh, keeps you pretty busy around the stadium. What was it like to have fans back in the building here today? Invigorating. In a word, it was great. This is what we, this is what we sign up for, man. You work all those days, all year long for a few opportunities to, to be under the lights. And Ticats, man, when they show up, the city shows out. It was great energy. Couldn't be more happy. Uh, boys, for the first time in the history of the Ticats Audio Network, we're hitting the road. All right. We're hitting the road. Back to back to our roots at Guelph 2013. <laughs> wow. You guys going to have from some, all came. of you guys. I have some PTSD from uh, from when you walk in the stadium at oh, Guelph. Yeah. But if you haven't heard, the exclusive home of uh, Friday's game against the Toronto Argonauts is right here again on the Ticats Audio Network. And on a personal level, I know we only got to do this for a year. But I had a lot of fun with you guys on these broadcasts, and uh, I'm, I, I know I, I, I'm not getting, I'm not getting oh, okay. sappy here. I'm not getting sappy here. But uh, I, as people may have heard, I, I recently took a new job that's going to keep me pretty busy on weekends. Um, still so tie cats today. Still tie cats today. Still uh, some great stuff on the tie cats audio network. So pieces like uh, our Dane interview or our Simone interview, some some more sit down stuff. But uh, I'm really going to miss this. I I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't sure. How, like, it was a tough decision, obviously, but uh, being back here on this desk uh, alongside you, who uh, who I got to see just, man, grow as a broadcaster, you're going to be really good. Luke was a star as soon as he sat down, and uh, the fact no. that you and I got to share the airwaves in court, man, like you're a podcast fiend, so to be able to get you on, on this show is uh, is really special. Louis, so you're not Louis, thanks, you guys. You, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere, <laughs> but uh, I am. So no, you're the anyway, man, I'm not buddy. getting emotional. Well you're getting emotional. All right, let's <laughs> sign off. This is the Ticats Audio Network. Uh, thanks for checking us out. On behalf of all these guys here, I'm Louis B. Hoping you have a great night.